Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geeksplain Book Club, where every single Friday, I, alongside my fellow Emerald Archer, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Green Arrow Rebirth. This week, we are tackling volume two, issues six through 11, entitled Island of Scar, 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 Scar. Written by Benjamin Percy with art by Stephen Byrne oh no, Schmidt, and Juan Ferreira. I am very excited about this. Uh, we absolutely loved the previous volume and it left off in a very interesting place. But I am not alone in my exploration of this strangely familiar island. I am also joined by the only man who I would trust to help me try and stop an international incident on the biggest and most expensive high-speed transatlantic railway ever created, it's Malcolm Russell Nelson. Hi. Hi, <laughs> I'm Eric Azana, and we are... I gotta catch are... the train. Oh, I gotta catch the train. I gotta catch the train. Uh, can we just say, so far at least, best set pieces... Yeah. Like, holy shit. I love you know what? this. That's a Ben Percy staple. I think he that is a really Ben He loves his set, set pieces. pieces. He loves to make a good like environment. I would love like a Ben Percy written movie script. Oh my Because I'm sure it would be fucking fun. I would love to see what he would do with stuff like that. Just I would love to see him do a fucking like a, a Mission Impossible. Yeah. Just to that, see. Uh, yeah. All the places and the weird shit he would have Tom Cruise doing. Oh, the places they'll go. Oh, the oh, weird the shit they'll go. places they'll go. Oh, he kind of writes Wolverine like he's Tom Cruise. I'll be honest. <laughs> His Wolverine's a little King. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Runs a lot. People <laughs> yeah. don't really understand him. Yeah, I get yeah. that. I, yeah, I, I think fair. he does it pretty well, actually. <laughs> Wolverine is the embodiment of will. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we are, we're talking volume two. I'm loving it so far. Um, but before we get into Green Arrow, is there anything you're, uh, you're listening, watching, or playing this week? Uh, I am just about done with series 12 of Doctor Who. Ooh. Uh, is that still I, Jody's first? Uh, second. second. Second, yes. Yeah. What do you think? Um, it's great. Yes, it's great. It's so so good. Uh, this this season like has been truly fantastic. Yeah. Um, I do really appreciate. They do a very specific thing that I don't think Doctor Who's done at all, which uh, I like. Is at the end of an episode, they set up what the next episode is going to be. Yes. Like for every it feels episode. very serialized. It feels so like there is a strict amount of time that everything is taking place in. And yeah, I yeah. really appreciate that. For sure. Um, I I love it. I think it's great. Uh God, Graham just has my heart. He's Graham's the he's best. just the greatest. Graham's he's just so the best. Fucking good. Um and then Yaz is just incredible. Uh, Ryan, I still go back and forth on, uh, yeah. just because he has his show moments. goes back and forth on him, but the show, ha he, he has his moments. Uh, he's also gotten hotter over the season, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> don't know what that's about, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And I think Jody Whitaker's doing an amazing job. Um, I think she, she, she has a lot of 10 in her, in her performance. She does for um, sure. Very which much. Makes like sense. The, they work together so much 
Oh yeah, yeah, Rod right, Church, right. Baby. Rod Church, yeah, yeah. It, she she is very much like a ten uh, in that performance. You know, very and uh, in life floppy and <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, that earring chain thing drives me nuts. Oh my god, uh, <laughs> it's a very specific cra- thing. Crazy. She looks like a Bajoran, and I love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my god. Um, a little Star Trek sadness. Right there, there you go. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, I the new Cyberman is really scary, which yeah, I appreciate a lot. That's right. That's that season. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, that yeah. season. Yeah. So I just watched the second to last one, the second to last proper one, because there's also still like the you know festive 2022 episode. Or yes. Um, I am very curious. Okay to see yeah. you to hear what you think about this lap the last episode i'm excited i'm probably gonna do that today yeah the master just showed up out of the portal that yep. uh that the grandpa from dairy girls just opened up mm-hmm. i fucking <laughs> Which, love me some sasha dewan man me too man, he's so good god damn he's so good like you, you want to talk about like <sighs> someone who's coded as somebody else like if jody whitaker is very coded as 10 sasha dewan's master is very coded as 11 Yes, and I kind of love that yes. about him. He is absolutely eleven coded, down to the tweed jackets and everything. Yep, and it's great. I I think he's he's so so good. That might be why I love him because eleven's my favorite. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> that might be why. Uh, also, Sasha Dewan, just holy shit, just fucking incredible. Rules. I will never stop talking about how good Iron Fist is. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that show is so fucking good, especially well. that second season is so tight and good. The, the second uh, season is much better than the first season. I will give them that. It's so good. And he rules. He's great. He's a in scary it. little short king. <laughs> we love our scary short kings. He's a scary short king. Make him Wolverine. Fuck. Right. <laughs> Fuck it. Go. Let's do it. Fuck it. Let's go. He's hairy. He could do it. Yeah. He knows how to fight. He's a good guy. He's, he's, he's good... weirdly attractive. Let's do this. Like, he's unconventionally it. attractive. It's very he strange. Very unconventionally attractive. He's got that that dark and handsome thing going for him. Yeah. Very like sulking out of the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, I... it's great. What are you What are you watching or reading or? You know, uh, this past week, because it was the spooky season, I did a rewatch of Over the Garden Wall, which always Ooh. has my heart. I love Ooh. that little show. You went over. Um, it's just, it's the perfect fall show. It just yeah. is. It's, yeah, it's a incredible. nice weather change show. And every every year I rewatch it, and every year I gain a new appreciation for it. So that's a rock fact. <laughs> and you know what? It was weirdly enough, like, a lot of my friends, like, were doing over-the-garden wall costumes this year, and I was just like, what the fuck? Oh, weird. That's weird. Like a straight, like great costumes. Life is a simulation. But like, what? What? So Green Arrow, Volume 2, Island of Stars. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is issue 6 through 11. And this volume is interesting because it brings us a third artist to join the two from the previous one. And oh boy, is he great. Stephen Byrne is in incredible nothing looks like a Stephen Byrne book it's so true it's so distinct like the closest so is like uh Joe Quinones but they're still very distinct from each it's other so very different yeah have you read Justice League Power Rangers I have not 
Uh, you should, because it's fantastic. It's written by Tom Taylor and drawn by Stephen Byrne. Oh, fuck. And it is truly Justice League teaming up with Power Rangers. All right, I'm in. And it's excellent. And Hell yeah. They tease a second one and it still hasn't happened. And I just want to know, where is it? <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Once, I just, uh, just want to know, where is it? Once Tom Taylor does four volumes of Dark Knights of Steel, he'll get back to it. But 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 where is it? <laughs> Once uh, Tom Taylor finishes out a thousand issues of Nightwing, he'll get back to it. <laughs> Once Tom Taylor finishes out Beast World, God, unleash the beast. I I love Tom Taylor so much, but I do not give a shit about Beast World. I'm actually I a little can't. more intrigued recently, I and can't. I don't know why. I'm like, you know what? I trust that guy. I'll let him cook. That's like, fine. I I'll let him cook, but I ain't. Gonna I don't care eat about it. Beast Boy, but like, whatever. Like, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, I. I am, yeah. I'm. I'm not. I'm not on that train. I'm happy for him. Not on that train. Yeah. I. You know what? Good for you. Good for you, my dog. You look happy and healthy. Not me. You look happy and healthy, and that's all that matters. I'm gonna let yeah. you finish, but uh, Dan Slott had the best Spider-Man story of all time. Hey yo, uh, hey yo. The 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 superior discourse is starting to kick up again. I and, know. Uh, I saw Dallas fighting that off. Dude, Dallas <laughs> like, is, oh, no. is doing the Lord's work. Oh no! <laughs> I'm like, oh, buddy, buddy, you can't put yourself in a line of fire like that. I think he feeds off of it, though. He's, he feeds he, off of it. This makes him stronger. It, it makes him stronger. So all of you who are engaging with him in bad faith, just know that you're you're falling right into his trap. And Dallas, we love you. We love you, Dallas. You're the be- you're the best. You're the best. You're the, best. You're the man. Around. So. Issue six of Green Arrow brings us Stephen Byrne on art. Huh? Sins of the mother. Sins of the mother. Uh, And this is basically an Emiko Queen arc, which I fucking love. I like that this volume is two issues, like each is a little arc. Yes. I like that a lot. Totally agree. But they all interconnect in the overarching story, which is really nice. It's really cool. And since she was kind of sort of introduced last last volume, if you hadn't read the uh, the new 52 run, you would have no idea who this character was. This issue gives you a great backup for her, like lets you know her entire deal, including yeah. reminding me and unlocking my brain about Komodo. Y'all remember fucking Komodo? Yeah, baby. Komodo was awesome, though. He was that's fun. the thing. Kimono was cool. He had a cool remember, mask. Remember when they tried to mix him and Richard Dragon into the same character in Arrow? Yeah. Because they already wasted Richard Dragon in the first episode yeah! of Arrow. <laughs> yeah, embarrassing. Embarrassing of them. <laughs> kind of a weird oversight, to be honest. Yeah, a little bit of a choice. <laughs> but so we find Emiko Queen uh, waking up directly after the events of last uh last issue when she was abducted by shadow and we get again the backstory of emiko her time with oliver how they changed how they grew together and emigo tracking down the mysteries uh that are abound in her high school honor students prep ass kids are committing crimes for what reason and they're all wearing a very specific type of watch a little triangle with a skull and head skull and head a skeleton a head. skull and head a skull it's and a head. skull and head it's got a skull and head inside of it uh and 
we'll all signs point to a shop called the Clock King. Sick. Which I think is fucking hilarious for a couple of reasons. Sick. This is the coolest take. <laughs> the fact that the Clock King is just out and about having a business like he's fossil watches yeah. or like he's a Claire's just yeah. bringing in all of the preppy kids from high school. <laughs> like he's a Claire's. Do you think he does piercings? Oh, back? he absolutely does. He absolutely that he's does. not supposed to do legally because that's kind of <laughs> weird. <laughs> Everybody wanders in. Half the people pay. Jesus. Half the people don't. Good God, that's so funny. Um, But we... I think the most <laughs> hilarious thing is the one preppy kid who's like, time to get wound. Like, he's, Ugh. like, getting some kind of fucking hit off something. And I'm like, these fucking jackasses. You are 15 years old. Yeah, exactly. Like, are you serious, man? You you had Cocoa Puffs for breakfast. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> what are you doing here? Get out. But it feels very much like a Gotham Academy type of thing, which I'm super into. And I love yeah. hokey bullshit like that. Yeah. Like, you it's know what this fun. is? You know this this is um fuck what was it? It was when uh the Riverdale kids got addicted to pixie sticks. Oh yeah, uh Y'all Jingle Jangle. The... Jingle Jangle, that's jingle right. Jingle Jangle, yeah. But it was just pixie yeah. sticks. And yeah. it makes me Hey, you guys want some Jingle Jangle? Yeah. Riverdale may be it's the greatest TV mess. show ever Dude, What created. are you talking about? It's such it a fucking might mess. be the greatest testament to human creativity that you have ever seen. A fucking mess. Is that the D&D season two? Probably. I don't know. I love that Dungeons shit. It's Dragons. It's like... It's, it's... Wizards and Warlock or something. Yeah, shit. it was some shit like that. Like, god damn it. I fucking love it. A mess. It's so dumb. Quick side note, uh, speaking of me liking dumb things, uh, I was talking with some uh, some friends recently, and they had never heard of Captain Boomerang, and oh. I have never felt more self-conscious of liking a character who is objectively a terrible fucking character than when I had to explain him. Explain Captain Boomerang, yeah. To people who had never heard of him before. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and like realizing the more dicey. that I explain, <laughs> the less that they like him. <laughs> no, no, you don't understand. Like the boomerang comes back. It's the perfect weapon. <laughs> <laughs> He's got different ones. They've got like explosions. Some are razor sharp. Oh, so is so those are kind of the two so that he's like got. a really high class mercenary. No, he fucking sucks. No, he, like he's a he's really like bad thief. And like he's also because he he's an Aussie, he's like a little racist, like like, old a t- like more style. than a little, like you know. Um, and by the end, he's got a jacket <laughs> that he never washes or cleans. <laughs> yeah, he looks a little smelly. Yeah, <laughs> but he's a and great like, guy. <laughs> and like by the end of it, it's just like, oh, <laughs> so like so he's like bad. He's objectively bad here. No, he's the best. So my my Riverdale take your mileage may vary, but your mileage may vary. What doesn't vary is how cool of a fucking character Shadow is. Uh, I fucking also dig Shadow. A problem. Oh, you want to talk about a real problem? A grade A problem. But Shadow reveals that even though the Ninth Circle has been destroyed, 
seemingly. Mm. Uh, their debts to the Yakuza and to Obuyum are not paid. Nope. Or Oyabun. Uh, it's interesting, and I love that we're taking this kind of side story to establish more of the world and more of the external threats that they're going to yeah. be facing. I like that a lot. This. Really, really cool stuff. Um, so Shadow is like, I'm going to go back to the Yakuza. I'm going to beg for your fucking life, and maybe they'll let me kill you painlessly. Yeah. Kind of sick. And, yeah. And Emiko's like, fuck that, and she leaves. We She's go back become to very American, where she uh, <laughs> is like, no, like I'm going to do my own shit, man. <laughs> like, let me live. I'm an American teen. You can't tell me what to do. Like, which is really interesting. <laughs> and Shadow's like, she's been watching too much of that Hulu. <laughs> damn her. God damn it. I should have cut her Netflix subscription. <laughs> damn that Oliver Queen and all of his streaming services. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when the kids watch Elite. They get real <laughs> goddamn independent. <laughs> Uh, so Emiko ends up going to this clocking shop, uh, seeing these kids acting like they just came out of a strip joint. Like, yep. it's strange, but I do love the aesthetic of the so clocking shop. Yeah. And here we are introduced to one William Talkman. All right, let's talk about this look. Let's talk he about this look. Hard. It goes hard. He's got a big old, like clock tattooed on the side of his face that goes slightly over his eye fucking cool you hate it i don't love it i don't I love think it's it so it's perfectly silly he looks I... like he'd be dealing drugs to kids oh for like... sure 100 <laughs> like, i don't love knows. the clock on his face it's like it's so whenever silly. they try to just put like a question mark on riddler's forehead i feel like it's too much mm. If you take the clock off his face and give him the clock glasses like he had from the animated series, well, one hundred percent design I improvement. Wished. Yeah, I mean that that's the that's the best look. But otherwise, this large man rocking his best Jimmy Olsen cosplay. Yeah, like with a little with a little mohawk. With a little mohawk. Like I was trying to think of who he looks like, and I can't. Like. I can't think of it, but um, Chai McBride. Yes, yes, ab yes. Okay, that is who I was thinking of. Yeah. Thank you. I could yeah, not think welcome. of his name for the life of me. Yeah, you're welcome. Got you. So, but yeah, he's it. it it's a very interesting the little game that he's playing and the services he is uh, he is offering to these kids to give them like heightened reflexes like essentially giving them a high mm -hmm. through the use of these skull and head watches and so we see emiko in tokyo now where she goes into this fight club and within this fight club oh fights be a happening oh, they are fights yeah. to the death oh yeah and so emiko watches a fight and she's like, I need to get in front of the Yakuza. And the way I do that is by winning some fights. So she goes over to the winner of the previous fight and is like, I'm going to fucking fight you. We cut back to Seattle where we see the kids that were getting wound 
uh, trying to rob a bank. Emiko and Oliver. With their fucking uh, sweaters tied around their necks still, and like yeah. this kid's collar still popped. Like, like what they're the in the hell. Fucking, like they're part of the uh, the that fucking group from the Watchmen show. The the Rorschachs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of because they all just got bags on their faces. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's like it's when, just very strange. Uh, spoilers for the Watchmen show. Spoilers for the Watchmen show. When the senator like pulls his off and you're like, yeah. oh right, yeah. I should have fucking known that it was you. You're in a suit. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're a you literally still have your ID badge hanging off of your jacket. <laughs> I do shit. Hey, speaking of ID badge, let, let's go back just real quick. Do you yes. Because it seemed intentional that Emiko flashed her ID. It did. It which seemed is intentional, the strangest thing. but it's not. And I think that's weird. I think she's better than that. I agree. It sets it up like she's going undercover, but then it yeah. ends up being like, oh no, she was allured by the. Yeah, uh, she gets fucked by this. Which I don't understand. Yeah, I, it, it seemed very much intentional. Every time I've read this, I'm like, no, that feels intentional that she like yeah. flashes the ID and the cash. I mean, unless she has one of those specific wallets that when she opens it up, it just pops her card up. But it doesn't look like that's the case. No, like it looks very intentionally like she's like she is flashing that to him so that he knows, oh, this is real game. I got to get her. Yeah. It seems like a setup, and then it's not. It's very strange. But so we see Emiko uh, gets hooked on the watch. She goes back to the to the Clock King's shop, and Clock King is like, "Oh, I know who you are, Emiko Queen, and you're gonna do some services for me." Mm-hmm. And yeah, I it's fucking it's weird, man. It's weird because like. It's weird. This is, this is now setting up a pattern for Oliver. Every sidekick is addicted or has some kind of problem. Which, yeah, I think if you have a character that tackles that, is great. But considering that these characters don't have these problems before they become partners with Oliver, <laughs> it becomes exactly. a really uncomfortable pattern. It looks bad. Like, we know the circumstances here is a little different. It is. But it absolutely looks bad. (laughs) And I don't like the implications. Yeah. So that's my only problem with it. I I have a problem that, as we see, you know, she goes back to the Clock King and he's like, yo, you're going to do me this favor. You're going to get a real big fish for me. And then the next page is her hugging Oliver and we see that she's giving Oliver one of the watches. And so my problem is, oh, wow. So this is a story about how Emiko betrayed Oliver while Again? she's betraying Oliver. It's betrayception. Like, <laughs> that's a weird choice. It's like this weird, like, <laughs> I'm surprised that when she betrayed him last volume, he's like, again. Again? Like, that's the thing. You know, First, your sudden but inevitable ago, betrayal. Like... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are they Thor and Loki? Is that what's going on here? Like, Because ah, if so, cool. Just say again. that. <laughs> it's like he turned into a snake because I love snakes. <laughs> uh, speaking of snakes, this uh, this weapon that the uh, the fight champion has is sick as fuck. 
it's cool it like snakes through the air and it's like it's awesome but emiko does manage to fucking stab his lats with her arrows taking him out he's like ah (laughs) steven burns so good (laughs) and emiko is uh brought in front of the crowd and they're like oh we want to discuss your future emiko queen and everyone puts our guns everyone's guns chapter seven uh kicks off with a very a weird a weird scene let's just say weird scene a weird scene seattle one year ago where these three knuckleheads uh who don't really seem like they have anything going for them they're loggers yeah but they're cutting down trees they're cutting down trees in the department of national resources because they lost their jobs so they're enforcing their will upon helpless trees you might say they're enforcers and we have whoa whoa i mean look at them Whoa. Ox is the big okay. guy. You, you know what? You're right. You got there's Fancy Dan in the back. There's a Montana. And there's You're a right. Montana. Shit. It's very strange. It's very it's, they specific. They are enforcers coded. Holy they are shit. very enforcers coded. But the enforcers do care about the goddamn Spotted Owl. They do care about the goddamn Spotted Owl. And, it's and I just favorite. like that to be... He, I, I think that actually would be Ox's favorite. And I just want that to be on the record. That and the all three of them... And it's one of those things where it's like Ox rolls up. He's like, I love the spotted owl. And everyone's like, oh, this is like his weird thing. And then Fancy Dan's like, yeah, did you know the spotted owl can fly at a certain speed? <laughs> like they all. You're right. Montana right. and Fancy Dan learned about the spotted owl because Ox because loves Ox, it so much. Yeah, absolutely. Just because like they learned friends. the rest of the words to Beauty and the Beast because, uh, because you know, Ox loves it. Ox loves it. Yeah. Fuck, I hope they show up in the Ultimate Spider-Man book. I need them. God, that would be awesome. Also. That would be awesome. Johnny Hicks, give me a call. We got yeah. the Ultimate Enforcers book on lock. Yeah, man. We're hey, ready. Hickman, I know you're a big fan of the show. Come on. Just come on the show. Come on the show. I think Let's you'd talk. enjoy it. Let's talk. And so we see that the loggers are... Uh, are confronted by Emiko and Oliver and they dispatch of them pretty quickly. And I love this little, this little bounce arrow that Oliver uses to, uh, to get into not Ox's arm. Yeah. Directly shoots it at the ground and it bounces up and into this guy's arm. Yeah. I think that was an accident though. I like to think he equips the bounce arrow. Drugs. (laughs) If it was me playing this Oliver Queen Green Arrow video game, I would that equip the bounce arrow years ago. that they should have made a very long time ago. A fucking long time ago. And so we see uh, Oliver is feeling the effects of the watch, and the watch also happens to be R two D two showing a help me, Oliver Queen. I need your money, <laughs> and you're my only hope. <laughs> uh clocking says you have an hour to deliver me a million dollars and then set up a payment plan for the rest of your money 
via PayPal. <laughs> He's pretty reasonable. <laughs> he is. He, is, he said, listen, good. I know you can't get more than a million out of the ATM at a time. So bring me that million dollars and then we'll set up a payment plan. <laughs> we'll get it all set up. We'll no do paying for PayPal paying for. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and so Emiko's like, yeah, I'm sorry I did this to you. And Oliver's like, oh, fuck off. I hate you. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> he does give her the Brian Cox fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and now all I want is Brian Cox as Boston Green Arrow. <laughs> Brian Cox. Fuck off, Emmy Go. You don't, I don't even know who you are off. anymore. <laughs> Gotta go get me a chili cheese dog at the garden. <laughs> Walk this watch off. The game. Fucking Celtics on. Celtics are on. We're gonna beat the Lakers. <laughs> uh, we cut back to now uh, in Tokyo, where Emiko is brought in front of Oyabun, the dragon. Yeah, and I love the way that they set this up with him because yep. he is like he's smoking on the cigar and he's breathing out the smoke from his nose. really fucking cool. It's cool. This guy is cool, man. This guy's cool as fuck. And He's then it cool reveals guy. he is, in fact, a dragon. I love that shit. Yeah. He's got the little, yeah. he's got the little triton from D&D &D ears. He's got scales, got claws. <laughs> yeah. Fiery eyes. Dragon and is not a metaphor. It is <laughs> not real. a metaphor. It's real as shit. That's and cool. so Ebiko's like, okay, look. I'm going to fight you. I want my mother's freedom. If I beat you, you have to let her go. And the dragon's like, yeah, okay. So we cut back to one year ago with Oliver Queen confronting the Clock King and being like, I'm not giving you your fucking money. And I fucking love this clock shoots out a little ram's head that punches him in the face. Okay, but that's important. Is it? Yes. Because what does that inspire, Eric, that we see later in this volume? Okay, but he was using them before that. There's no way I, that he got it from Canonically, was he? In the New 52, was he? No, he wasn't. Fuck you. We know that the New 52 has changed because of Rebirth. Don't you fucking do this. But it hasn't changed that much at this point. It's still very New 52 continuity. God fucking damn it. I'm just saying, man. This clearly inspired that. Uh, I hate that. I hate that. It's silly. <laughs> it is silly. You know what's sillier? Him turning into a James Bond villain? That's what this is. He's a yeah. bad Bond villain. He is a bad Bond villain. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what, though? No, I would Queen, love to I see... you to die. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, he is very... Uh, why did I just lose his name? The villain you just referenced. Why am I not? Why am I oh, this I uh, never remember his fucking name. Either um, way. Um, Jonathan Price. Yes. Uh, yeah. We see him get Oliver into this weird contraption yeah. where the blade swings like a pendulum, not unlike a clock, slowly mm -hmm. lowering until it's going to cut Oliver in half. Yep. But so, then, 
Emiko pulls what we in the biz call a pro gamer move, where <laughs> she shows up and says, hey, this watch is eventually going to tick my heart rate down to zero. You know what else is monitoring my heart? This bomb. <laughs> and she came with a fucking dynamite vest. I mean, it's the most Riverdale a... shit. Like... <laughs> I'm telling you! She is truly on her team CW phase right now. It's like, give, like, have Camilla Mendez show up as Emiko. <laughs> It'd be so fucked. Dude. It would be hilarious. <laughs> Jesus. This is the exact kind of CW shit we would expect to see. Oh my god. It's so fucked up. Which at one point in a perfect world was playing both Arrow and Riverdale on the same mm-hmm. station. On the same station on the same night. <laughs> it was not on the same night actually. Riverdale was on Tuesdays, Arrow was on Wednesdays. Well, but Arrow moved around a couple of times. And they did. Riverdale when it, also move around a bunch of times. Riverdale, I that they played on they, the same night at some point. Maybe, but in the golden age. In the golden age, no. Yeah. You watched one, and then the next night you watched the other. Mm-hmm. And you kept mm-hmm. getting these trailers of The Flash coming soon. Yep. What a time. What a time to be what alive. What a time to be alive. With the, uh, with the Teenage Prison Fight Club in Riverdale. Man. God, remember when Archie was the best fighter in the town? <laughs> remember when Archie fought a bear and then survived and was like, whoa, I fought a bear. Remember when Archie <laughs> fought Haytham Lodge and <laughs> what do you two of them the had the most raw Suelos? sexual energy you've ever seen on a CW yeah. show? Yeah, I remember when Mark Consuelo showed up in his Haytham Lodge and was like, this is a weird choice. But he's a little intimidating, but he's also a little guy. <laughs> he's, a, he's a little guy, but the hardest motherfucker in that entire show. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so what were we talking about? Uh, Emiko <laughs> shows up with her Riverdale uh, bomb vest. And I love that clocking is like, I know a bluff when I see one. And that's no bluff. That's no you are bluff, fucking baby. wild. <laughs> uh, he frees Oliver, who immediately kicks the shit out of him like he's Archie in prison. And we cut back to <laughs> that Tokyo girl now. Scares me. <laughs> scares me too. And then because like, so yeah, scary. I'm scary, and definitely not going to betray you for a second time. And within 365 days from now, she's, she's like, "You idiot! This, this isn't even a real bomb. These are hot dog franks." <laughs> You I idiot, this is filled with jingle jangle. <laughs> uh, so we see Emiko gets ready for her fight, and the opponent is, of course, a real-life dragon. He turns into a real-ass dragon. It's fucking cool. Big so Smaug here dragon. starts going ham, <laughs> yeah. throwing fire everywhere. And all the spectators uh, are like, yeah, no, this is perfectly normal. Yeah, they're all like, wow, this cool. Good night. And then uh, I do think shadowed. it's interesting that he turns into a dragon, and the first sound effect of him shooting fire out of his mouth is foom. Foom. That is very specific. I do specific. think that's interesting. That's specific. It is very specific. Uh, and you can't see because the panel isn't big enough, but he is weirdly wearing purple pants. It's strange. <laughs> uh, but Shadow rocks up. And Shadow's like, yeah, I'm not going to help you because you deserve to die on your own. We get, you know, this parallel uh, page where we see both uh, Emiko and Shadow apologizing to 
Oliver and Emiko, respectively. But yeah. then Shadow jumps in, and the father-daughter tag team takes out the dragon as well as the basically the club. Um, and the two of them yep. are committed to making this right. Shadow's like, I have to go off. I, I've I've got some side quests I need to fuck around and do. Yeah. Um I need to be out of this book for a while. <laughs> yeah, I need to be out of this book. I kinda don't like being in this book. I need to be out of this book for a while. <laughs> Shadow does the Spider-Man 2 thing where it's like, all right, I'm gonna take uptown, you take downtown. Yeah. Um, you can't exactly. switch back to me for the next half hour. because um, you've got some missions that you need to do specifically. You got some other you. stuff you gotta do. Yeah. But I'll go see do some EMF shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> I gotta go fly some bees. <laughs> I gotta go ride a bike that may or may not explode. <laughs> that was so awesome, though. What a fucking weird! <laughs> it's like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> oh no, we're in the middle of the park. Whoever came up with that shit, I salute That's, you. That is prime Spider-Man shit. That is so fucking Like, whoever goofy. decided, you know what I want to add? I want to add some uh, traversal options. Oh, you mean like uh, web wings? I'm like, no, a bicycle. No, I want to ride a bike, but that bike is going to be like the movie Speed. It's going to explode <laughs> <laughs> unless so I keep a certain good. speed. <laughs> it's so fucking good. That's so awesome. Listeners, uh, Eric just finished Spider Man as of yesterday. I, I did a few days ago. Uh, well, well, you just finished the main story. You didn't, you didn't plot it yet, right? I haven't. I'm like four, four plats away, or four trophies okay. away. Hell yeah, you can get them pretty fast. Yeah, there. I was looking at the list. I'm like, shout out to Insomniac for making some of the easiest plats. God damn. A week and a half I got that plat. I never plat shit that fast. I'm so happy. It's just, it, it is appreciated. I want them to know that. Very appreciated. Uh, which brings us to chapter eight. This cover. Stop it. Mm-hmm. This cover. Oh, we're going to get to the stop it. Don't worry. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> no, uh, don't so worry. We're, we're cutting back over to Oliver. Artist change up here. Uh, Oliver has spent uh, two days, two days on the island, uh, hunting to survive when he is uh, attacked by a bear. <laughs> giving us the title card, Island of Scars Part 1. Uh, Oliver is chased down by this bear. He manages to get away, and he's like, there's no damn bright side to any of this. And then he hears a voice say, hey, Ollie, I'll be your bright side. And fuck. <sighs> fuck. They know what they're doing. I love that this is the sexy comic. Yes. I love that this is the comic where we know that the two leads in Green Arrow and Black Canary openly do have sex and yes. are hot. And like, this is just an adult relationship. And that's it awesome. Is very much. That's awesome. Because that's rare in comics. It Even is though so comics true. genuinely aren't for kids. like Especially, especially in comics, comics just aren't for, Yeah, they're not for kids. And like, we need to stop pretending that they are. So I love some that. Are. Like, no. Some are specifically. Some, some are, are for kids. Some are very, for all ages. Very few. <laughs> Way fewer than there should be. Yes. <laughs> Agree. Uh, but I love that this is one where it's just like, no, like they're adults and they're sexy and they like having sex. That's cool. <laughs> this next page, man. Yeah. Like getting a drop of water in the desert. He fucking drops to his knees immediately. And I mean, 
Steiner Lance, who wouldn't? But like, yeah, she comes up to him just like fucking tousles his hair. It's yeah, it's a hand on the head. Oh boy, <laughs> oh, oh fuck, I'm sweating right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It is very hot in my house right now. I just oh boy, ooh, buddy. Um, so they uh they wrestle in the sand for a little bit, and uh just the fucking and the the leg hiked up. Uh, yeah, I mean the 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 physical language being spoken here. <laughs> yes, uh, powerful. And they <laughs> take a dip the in the ocean, and uh, it's time for our newest segment that we debuted last week. How hot is the sex? <sighs> Okay. A scale of one to ten, my friend. Okay. Last week we hit an eight point five. I'm thinking That's a this pretty is a high 9. start. Nine point five. A nine point five. There's just nowhere to go from here. He thought he was on the island again, and fucking like, this is it. Like this is life. And then, like a mirage, Dinah comes out of nowhere. And I, I think that's that gets the juices flowing in a different way. You know that, that it just hits different. That's fair. It just hits different. Plus, they're in the water. Like I look at that smile on Dinah's face right before. Good lord! I I think I think we're in nine nine point five range. I am. I willing, think this is a good one. It is a good one. I'm I'm willing to give it a nine. I can't go higher because if anyone has done the deed in the ocean, you know it's it's a complicated procedure. It's a complicated procedure. And that has to take some of the fun out of it, but really is it illustrated well. But boy, oh boy, does it look like they're having a good time. Good lord. No jellyfishes uh, around here. What? <laughs> oh my god. Huh? What? Uh, <laughs> we got to later at night where uh, we catch up with John Diggle, who also got stranded on the island and is yep. alone. And he's like, damn, I'm not having sex. This is bullshit. He's like, I'm just eating, <laughs> I'm just eating my eating way fish. overcooked fish. Yeah. <laughs> that shit is so overcooked. He likes the crispy. I, I, I get it. But there's a, there's a level. There are levels to this. And so he is uh, attacked by the bear, which we find out is a robo bear. Robo bear. Robear. Robear. Uh, he is captured and taken inside a little base. Uh, which seems to be a drug den, and it's run by this very terrifying woman. Yeah, who seems to be part of the underground men. Mm. We get to the next day where Oliver is making a vision board in the sand, and I mean he's got the a perfect list. activity post coital. I guess <laughs> is that what we're supposed to do? Uh, make a make a vision board, I guess. Uh, you do get that. You do get you do get a certain clarity. Exactly, have a certain clarity. So I fucking said that. Um, so Oliver's uh, to do list goes like this: kill Broderick at the top, then clear my name, find Emmy, find Diggle, which fucked up for Diggle, I guess. Uh, memorial up, yeah. for Wendy, payback security guard. Housing the jungle. Love that payback security guard is in there still. Yeah. Again, this is serial. <laughs> I love it. It matters. I love it. I love it. That, it was just a few days ago for him that he was like, I got to give that guy a raise. 
so but good. so immediately Dinah sees this list and crosses out the kill. Uh, doesn't replace it with anything, which I think is a oversight on her part. But I do like that she's like, you're not a killer. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to be a killer. And Oliver was like, yeah, you're right. Longbow Hunters isn't in continuity yet. We're good. <laughs> it's so... like, you're right. I didn't have my 90s period right before I blew up on that plane. So, yeah, I guess so we're uh, good. I guess I'm not a killer. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> And so the two of them uh, make their way through the island, and they're basically like, hey, you know what? This is as close to a vacation as we're going to get. Might as well enjoy it. And so they're they're palling around, and Oliver brings up the fact that he wants to cook for Dinah. Yep. And Dinah's like, okay, like, what are you, what are you, what are you thinking? I love how she specifically says paella. Which I think is hilarious. Yeah, and pho. That's amazing. And, but, and then she's like, fuck, you're right, you're from Boston. Eggplant parmesan? <laughs> and all he goes, no, chili. Fucking chili. Gotta make the fucking I got this classic spicy jalapeno recipe. It's gonna be fucking amazing. You never had your mouth burn as much as it's gonna with this. Holy shit, trust me, you're gonna love it. And Dinah goes, you're so corny. Is like, not as corny as Iowa, baby. <laughs> Sick dunk on Iowa. <laughs> no, because Iowa produces a lot of corn. Yeah. It's the corn capital of the country. Dunk. <laughs> it's just sick. Of course he hates Iowa. That's why wouldn't he? Boston. Uh, so we see the two of them about to engage in another uh, steamy sesh when all of a sudden, once again, they're differing backgrounds come into play. Dinah is not as open about her scars as Oliver is about his, though she does bring up, hey, we got our scars in very different circumstances. And I think it's, I just, I think it's really interesting. I love that they keep the dichotomy of the two of them being so different in play at all times. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, Dinah finds Diggle's old uh, little campfire. And mysteriously, the fish is gone. So somebody ate Diggle's fucking fish. Someone ate that fish. Fucked up. It's fucked up. Maybe when the bear kidnapped him, he was like, wait, but I'm hungry, my fish. And I was like, okay, let's get your fish. (laughs) It's a very nice robo bear. Okay, let's get the fish. Or or the, the... the burned lady was like, you know what? Bring me his fish too. I'm hungry. <laughs> and she eats it in eat front it of right him. Right in front of him. <laughs> and then she goes, This is a little overdone. He goes, I like it crispy. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry, I don't have any seasoning handy. <laughs> it would be better with the seasoning. And she's like, Oh, I got some. And she sprinkles the opium on it. <laughs> This fish is going to take you somewhere. <laughs> so they head off to go find Diggle, which brings us to chapter nine. Yeah. Chapter nine. Uh, and we get another quick artist change up. Stephen Byrne returning. Woo! Where they are tracking the, uh, the tracks of diggle as well as a big old bear and i love that they have just decided to call this scar island 
Yeah, that's fun. They're just like, yeah, it's now called Scar Island. And so the two of them kind of reconcile a little bit. They're like, hey, we're both fucked up, and that's kind of okay. Uh, but then they find themselves in a very familiar place. Isn't it interesting? Almost like we planned it. Almost like we <laughs> planned this! <laughs> they find themselves in the basically the valley of a dormant volcano where inside this dormant volcano they are growing poppies poppies opium poppies isn't this familiar isn't this familiar uh so we see that they are being watched and they capture this person uh who is just some guy and I love that he's immediately like, classic white guy, shoot first, ask questions later. Love it. Ben Percy. It's fucking me. <laughs> ben Percy's hilarious because he is a white guy. Yeah, but he, but is, he gets it. He gets it, man. He just gets ben Percy, it. Ben Percy, open invitation to the cookout. Ben Percy's invited to the cookout. Absolutely. Unlike the Absolutely. Shaw brothers. Unlike the goddamn Shaw Brothers. But we see that this guy has a certain connection to the goings-on around here. Um, the one thing that I do find funny in this with the artist change is that the Scorched Lady has a completely different design from issue to issue. Uh yeah, that is that is a problem. <laughs> the original design is completely tossed away for this new person. She has to be uh different levels of hot. Yes. <laughs> Which is weird. It is she's very like, strange. She's like super big and muscly when we first see her drawn with dark hair. Issue. With dark hair. And then now she is pretty shapely. The burn is a lot further down the back of her head. It seems looking like, like Two Face. Like, she's got real Two Face eye, uh, and she has white hair. <laughs> yeah, she's slender. She's rocking a little Talia aesthetic. Yeah, it's very she's got a interesting. Cool bone sword though. That's yeah, cool, cool bone, bone sword. sword and the the it's eye. A, it's a tooth the, or something, right? Yeah, like the eye for the burned tooth? part is actually the coins that they use. That the Ninth Circle uses when they kill people. Wait a second. It's a coin. Holy shit, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Because it's You're got the, right. the Ninth, Cir Ninth Circle insignia on there. You're it's right. very clearly, you know, ugh. it's, it's oh gross my looking. Gosh. That's crazy. But also, to be fair, John Diggle looks entirely different, too. That's true. <laughs> Everybody looks a little different. To be fair, um, Diggle is just like, hey, uh, you don't gotta worry anymore. The Ninth Circle is gone. And she's like, the Ninth Circle is more than a man. Which means more Ninth Circle shit incoming. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, uh, Oliver and Dinah are getting this injured man to this little uh, bunker where they find the bear! Blah! The man's friends with the bear. It's his robo-bear. It's it his robo-bear. one of his little side projects. He got lonely. So he started making robot bears. It's fucking and weird. And then he started being afraid of his creations. And he asks himself, <laughs> do you think God separates himself from us because he's afraid of what he's created? 
All right. So this is Buscemi now. Okay. Bet. <laughs> he is Buscemi. He Bet. is Buscemi. Bet. All right. Easy. If, if y'all got that reference, you're the realist. If you did it, educate yourselves. You know you got that reference. Y'all know you did. So we see uh, the we see the scorched lady basically giving Diggle a tour. <laughs> Which is weird. Why? Just a weird guided tour <laughs> through like, the facility. Well, I got you as a prisoner, and I, you know, I never really get to show off this place to anybody. Yeah. So, come on, let's take a walk. <laughs> but we see that this island was visited long ago by one Robert Queen, and this is starting to become a pattern. Uh huh. Robert Queen is very quickly becoming the Tony Stark of the DC universe, where everyone uh-huh. is has problems caused by him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fucking interesting, isn't it? Very odd. Uh, but this island was basically going to be turned into a maintenance depot for the transatlantic uh, subway. Subway, yeah. A train that united the continents. And they decided to utilize that for their opium business. For drugs! For for drugs. The one thing that really unites the continents. Unites the world. Yes. And so Oliver and Dinah make their way to the facility, their wrecking shop. Uh, they set the uh, opium field ablaze just as Diggle gets free. Somehow operates a flamethrower and just starts torching the building. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Oliver and Dinah find their way in along with uh, Steve Buscemi. And Buscemi's yeah, like... Riding on the bear. It's sick. Yeah. And now he's like, now you are the enemy. You robbed us of our choice to choose to be drug lords or not. And I'm like, this is this is weird. It's a little bit of a choice. Um, but I also do get it. Like, you know, they they... The, the torching of the opium field was accidental. Right. Um, and that led to the torching of fully everything. So, like, yeah. you know, now, like, everybody does have to evacuate this place, like, pretty fucking fast. Like, he and probably I understand lost the, the idea of, like, you know, the, the argument against, you know, the white savior complex coming into these people yeah. who have established their, their own way of life. But it is just, it's a weird mishmash that we don't get a lot of time to process. No. Because we get all of this information in this single issue. Yeah. And so they, uh, they being Diggle, Dinah, and Oliver, make their way out of the facility and straight into a tunnel for that transatlantic train. Which is coming right around the tracks! I was trying to think of the the silent movie piano music when they've got the train coming. I was like... Yes. I don't know, something like that. Pretty good. Pretty good. I like it. Issue 10 brings back our boy, Juan Ferreira. That leg up kick on the cover. Good lord. This, I mean, nobody draws black and air like Juan Ferreira does. It's so true. Uh, which brings me to my favorite part of this volume. Uh, this is the best part of the volume. This is the best part of the volume. Hell yes. So this trans Pacific 
I said transatlantic, my mistake. It's the Trans-Pacific Railway because it's going Excuse from you. Uh, Asia to North America. Uh, is coming in quick. And this station was made to have a little drop that lands right on top of it to transport drugs. And mm -hmm. so they load up, Dinah, Ollie, and Diggle. They get into the little cart. Well, Dinah gets into the cart. Uh, Oliver has to go back for his bow, and Diggle makes the leap, but the cart drops straight onto the train. Uh, Diggle is hanging onto the side. Oliver did not make it, so he has to leap onto a moving train. It's and Mission it's Impossible. Just, it's incredible. <laughs> it's Mission Impossible. Da, 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 yeah, da, you da, fucking da. hear it right there. I fucking, I just love, I'm screwed. I'm screwed. They're screwed. They're screwed. Like, it's so fun. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Uh, Oliver is able to make it onto the back of the train where he finds a cart with a bunch of nice cars and some motorcycles. Mm -hmm. And is that shit Nas? That's in the trunk. <laughs> no, he mentions it later what it is. I don't remember. I like uh, to think it's Nas. That'd be sick. Be sick as fuck. But so we see um, Dinah gets, you know, she's kind of on the outside of the train trying to climb in and sees that there is an event going on. And this is the Empress or the Empire Express. Because, mm -hmm. you know, the Orient Express, the Empire Express. You get it. You, you, you get it. You, Express, get it. you know, Empire, they're bad guys. Get it. Which can only mean one thing. There's about to be a murder. Uh. <laughs> Dinah makes her way into the train and into a cart where she finds herself a nice little black dress. Uh, Diggle crashes through the window of a different cart. I love that Diggle is the action hero. He is. It's super fun that no matter what he does, he's very action hero. Like, yeah. He, he does At all fit. times. And he's all business. <laughs> yeah, he's all business, all action hero. It's pretty fun. So he shows up to the, I guess he's in the uh, refreshment car. Or the uh, the service car, yeah, where he has a conversation with a uh, with a server, and he's and this guy looks up. He's like John Diggle. He's like, oh, hi, and the uh, the server's like, oh, I didn't know you were assigned to this to the security detail. He's like, yeah, you know, just doing security things. He's like, what he's about like, you? <laughs> What's going on with you? He's like, oh, you know, I'm just you know. I'm I'm just here doing a job too. Uh, my name's Eddie Fires. Whoa! Very specific, Malcolm. Can you give us the breakdown for Eddie Fires? Eddie Fires is just historically a piece of shit. Like he's bad. Uh, assassin guy from Green Arrow history. Um, yeah, he was also on the TV show. I he think was. he's he is the British guy in the first season. I think you're on right. On the yeah. island. Yeah. I think I think you're right. He's like the he's like the main antagonist on the island in the first season. In the flashbacks. Yeah. Other than, you know, cooler looking Deathstroke. Fucking Manu Bennett. Best Deathstroke. Best, best uh well, but that's the but that's the wintergreen one on the island. Yeah, but Manu Bennett Slade is on the island with him. He's on the island too, but Wintergreen had the better Deathstroke costume on that show. Correct. It was like the all black tax suit 
yeah, the, just with the with mask. Just the mask. Like better Destro costume. Dope as fuck. Yeah. Like do- hard as fuck. So good. Yeah. Uh, so Eddie, Eddie Fires is like, and I love how cheeky he is too, because he's got like the little knife and he's like, maybe you've heard of me. <laughs> and then you know he sliced him like immediately after. Immediately. <laughs> we cut back to <sighs> Dinah Lance. She makes my head hurt. Like, yeah, I've got a headache just from how hot she is. It's crazy. I'm gonna drink some water real quick. It's crazy. Cold, cold, cold. How's uh, that water? Uh, not helping my thirst. I'll tell you that much. So uh, I'll tell you that much. Uh, thirst she is, quencher. She is uh confronted by one of the security guards. Uh, when a certain uh Mr. Mustafa walks up. Uh, He's hot. Mustafa. Who's also, who's also, whoa, and he's like, Hey, just so you're aware, my daughter's a big fan. Uh, I didn't know you were, you know, I didn't know you were invited to perform here. And that is like, yes, I was invited to perform. That's exactly it. Yes. I am expected on this train. It helps that she's a celebrity. Helps. She's a celebrity. And so, meanwhile, uh, Oliver's still looking for his friends. He's hidden inside one of the cars. Uh, and he finds a very interesting thing hanging in one of those cars. It's a pair of boxing gloves. Yep. And I love the the double the double tap, we'll say, of this. Yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> the security guard like goes and he looks and he gets hit immediately by that boxing glove arrow. And in comics past, the boxing glove arrow is enough to knock out a normal person. Mm-hmm. But here, it's just like a fucking boxing glove arrow. And then Ollie comes out with the other glove and socks him on the jaw. Sick, dude. So fucking tight. And he just goes the equivalent of a silencer. So fucking incredible. Tight. Uh, also, incredible. I mean, we we talked about Juan Ferreira's gift of art last week, but this double page spread, which a lot of God. the next two issues is double page spreads, the sequential uh, like, nature shit, of the it, the sequential nature of all this, of okay, top panel you see the train, then the next row of panels is all the hallway action, so it's Ollie sneaking up behind the security guard, the security guard turning, then security very metal gear solid, hall, like holy shit this is fucking incredible yeah just like the sequencing of it is so good it's that same uh it's that same thing from the uh from the page that i loved last week of oliver shouting to the you know the explosion (laughs) the shouting and then the with the question mark (laughs) it's very metal gear solid here not a lot of dialogue needed to tell the story yeah. It's so good. It's, it's so incredible. good. Uh, so Oliver makes his way into the service car, sees a bunch of blood, and finds Diggle, who got stabbed. He's like, you you gotta get Eddie Fires. He's trying to kill people. He, he's gonna kill everybody. He's got a mustache. And Oliver's like, but I have a mustache. Oh Am my god. I Eddie Fires? Oh my god. And I just didn't know... Speaking of Eddie Fires, uh, he shows up in the little party car where uh, Amin and Dinah are having a nice little time. And 
it's revealed that this is to in kind of like the run up to some peace talks between mm-hmm. various nations mm-hmm. and that is a very delicate situation if even yep. one person happened to uh have an accident it could be a terrible time for everyone a diplomatic incident and i love eddie fires just go uh, your champagne sir non-alcoholic of course i mean takes a sip and immediately is poisoned and dies. Yep. Foams at the mouth. I love the foam at, at the, the mouth, mouth, bro. And Dinah's like, nobody drink the champagne. And then she just fucking shrieks. Her canary cry shattering all of the champagne glasses. So sick. Incredible. Uh, Quick side note. Uh, she does ask him if the drink went down the wrong pipe, and I shuddered. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. I, uh, Good lord. Huh. Uh, so we see Eddie makes a break for it, but he is confronted by Green Arrow, who's like, Ooh. "You fucking stabbed my friend, you son of a bitch." And Eddie's like, "Nah, fuck you." He's like, "Lights out." And he turns the lights off. He escapes, and now all the guards have shown up, and they're like, "There they are! Get the assassins!" It must Leaving. be Green Arrow and Black Canary. They must have killed him. Which brings us to issue eleven, and the best cover. The best cover. That cover. Holy shit! It's incredible. We used. To I'm sorry. This should have been the cover of the volume. I'm sorry. Like. I don't know. The cover they picked is really nice. It's, it's a good cover, but but this but this cover is incredible. This rips. this rips so hard. It's one of those rare covers that shows you exactly what's about to happen in the issue. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty freaking cool. So Dinah and Ollie are fighting off the guards. Uh, they manage to head toward you know they manage to fight them off and make their way through the train. Eddie is up at the front of the train and he kills the conductor and sets it to break as he makes his escape. And again, the bottom of this page, I love the fucking sequential nature of this. They're trying to bust through a door in one panel. They bust through it in the next panel and it leads them into the room in the third panel. Like, but it's all still the exact same space. Like it's the exact it is all, same it, space. All we're following is their movement. They're we're traveling through the, the panels, the space, which is really cool. I, God, yeah. it's so cool. He's so good at that shit. Uh, we need Juan Ferreira on more books. What what book would you want Juan Ferreira drawing right now? Like he's he's doing that spine tingling Spider Man. We should mention he is um, he is. Make sure you go pick that up. But if what, for nothing what, else for his art. If you could pick a title at the big two for him to draw right now, what what would you put him on? What do you think he would crush? Um. See, it sucks because I know, like, I have answers, but they're already being done by really good creative teams. Um, That's you know what? That's fair. That's very fair. I think he would crush a Captain America book. That that was the first one that I thought of. And I was like, but I really love what Jesus Saez is doing on that book. I know. But I think he would kill on a Captain America book. Or fucking Thunderbolts. Like, holy shit. Thunderbolts would be great. Like, um, I I mean, I'd love to see him use his sequential art for a Flash book. 
Oh fuck, that'd be good. Um, that'd be good. Diodato's crushing it right now, but yeah, Juan Ferrero would be incredible. Juan Ferrero um, would be fun on that. Dude, imagine him on Daredevil. Oh yeah, yeah. If the if the alternating art team on that book was, was Aaron cuter Peter, and Ferrera, holy and Ferreira, shit! That's that's a billion dollar book, baby. Yeah, my god, that'd be sick. That'd be crazy. Um, so we see that <laughs> Ferreira's like, I'm about to detonate this whole tunnel. Fires. <laughs> he said Ferreira. <laughs> oh shit, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's detonating the tunnel for sure. That's oh, what we're gonna sure. call it he, he's when, when art is really good. We're gonna call it that they're detonating the tunnel. They're detonating they are detonating the tunnel. Juan Ferreira is for sure detonating the tunnel on this book. Like... Absolutely. So we so we now have when shit drives and when you're detonating the tunnel. <laughs> when you detonate the tunnel. That's sick. <laughs> <laughs> so Green Arrow shows up and punches fires in his face. Again, love the sequential art here of like yes. fires clicking the watch and it says detonation mode. And, and then the next see. panel. And you can see Ollie behind him about to punch him. And then the next panel puts that into focus. He's like, oh shit. See him about to do That's so cool. And the realization on his trip. face when he sees the reflection is so yeah. fucking cool. It's very, it's very cinematic. 100%. Very cinematic choice there. And so they're fighting on the roof. And it is canonical here that Eddie Fires is a short king as well. Yeah. I mean, look at him. He's fucking going bat truck the leaper on Oliver's ass. Um wait a second. What is Oh shit, what's that guy's name? There Ooh. is an assassin in Green Arrow from Winix Run. He wears sandals and like sports coats. I can't think of his name, but he's a short king. That's kind of who they merged Eddie Fires with here, I think. I think you're absolutely correct. Yes, yes, yes. I can't remember what, uh, his name, but it, I know who you're it, talking about. It's like it's something like Constantine. It's a name yeah. kind of like that. But I, I can't remember his uh, Constantinople. Name. Oh, Istanbul, Constantinople. No, no, no. no. He used to be called Istanbul. Now he's called Constantinople. He used to be oh, Istanbul. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. So um, Eddie is able to get uh, Oliver's bow away from him, hooks his watch that was going to detonate the tunnel to an arrow and fires it at the ceiling. Holy shit, Love Eddie it. fires. Just an absolute professional love it uh we see diggle has patched himself up and has joined the fight uh eddie escapes using one of the sports cars and just as the roof of the tunnel is detonated water starts to leak into the tunnel constantine uh, draken say it constantine draken constantine draken yes so that's the draken fires here is, is escaping <laughs> using the sports car um dinah and ollie fighting well wet uh against these Ew. guards dinah jumps into the back cart and she's like all right hit it diggle punches the uh the train to start moving but it detaches the back car that dinah is in yep unfortunate but also very mission impossible it's very mission i love that she like screams hit it 
from the back so that yes. like, he can hear. He's like, Jesus, yeah, I heard you. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so the train is moving. The tunnel's beginning to flood. Uh, Dinah utilizing every ounce of her veteran savvy uh, jumps onto a motorcycle and starts taking off. Hell yeah, baby. And Oliver on the roof of the train is like, man, she lets me sleep in her bed. And he jumps onto the motorcycle (laughs) after her. Yeah. And the two of them begin driving as fast as they can as the literal ocean is raining down on top Holy of them. shit, this page of them riding in the tunnel as fucking sharks are just pouring in This is page is so incredible. awesome. This detonates the tunnel, for sure. This detonates the tunnel 100%. Like, this is detonating the tunnel right here. That's sick. It's so cool. Uh, we cut back to the Trans-Pacific Railway Station West in Seattle as a large group of people protesting uh very specifically um a very specific group which i (laughs) find interesting which is interesting um is the color of their hats eric yeah it's weird weird that their signs say bomb them all yeah and erase the middle east red hats interesting Uh, they look a certain type of way interesting um all i'm saying is they fit the description all one demographic Really a very specific demographic. But we see that also present at these proceedings is Broderick having a conversation yep. with Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton? <laughs> like young Hillary Clinton. <laughs> very specific reference. She is wearing Hillary Clinton clothing. I, I have seen Hillary Clinton wear that. Yes, we like, and they never say who this person is. So we no. just have to assume it's Hillary Clinton. You just have to assume it's Hillary Clinton. It, now, granted, this is 2016. So, you know, makes sense. That's going on. Yeah. This is right before, uh, you know, the, the big world upset. Was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this is right before the big upset. So, makes sense. Uh, so, the Eddie Fires car shoots out of the tunnel. Uh, the train also shoots out of the tunnel but in very in a very different way and that yeah. shoots straight up and off the track yeah it's pretty cool and crashes uh and then Dale like, comes down and says another successful landing <laughs> any landing you walk away from <laughs> and so uh hillary clinton immediately jumps into action love it and Diggle's like, I'm sorry. I mean, Mustafa is dead. This is, you know, the peace talks will never happen. And Hillary Clinton just decides the peace talks must go forward. This is this has made me more resolute than ever. <laughs> to honor Amin's legacy. Which is awesome. We're going to call it Amin's talks. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I love it. It's we'll, listen, we'll, typical we'll, we'll white we'll congresswoman. Call... Like... <laughs> We'll call this a meanesty. <laughs> and so Broderick sulks off. He's like, the train might have crashed, but the war machine is alive. And vroom! And fucking Oliver and Dinah shoot out of the tunnel, water splashing behind them. They land, and they're back. They're back in Seattle. Oh, we are back. Oh, we're back. Good lord. Yeah. I'm thinking we're back. <laughs> We're up. You you tell everybody. We're up. Oh, yeah. Good Lord, this panel is delightful. Yeah. 
hot as hell too. Yeah, they rode off to to bone. One hundred percent. And I love sure. that this is very specifically a Wade motorcycle. By the way, love that. That's fun. Hilarious. That's super. So. Fun. The pieces are back on the board. Everybody's back in Seattle. Who knows what is going to happen next? But that wraps up this volume. I loved this, man. Yeah, it's super fun, man. It's just a good time. It's it cool action shit. Just a good time, good action shit, good stuff all around. Uh, final yeah. thoughts, and what was your favorite part? Uh, like I said, it's just a good time. I, I love this. Uh, favorite part, the last two issues are just fantastic. It's just yeah. fantastic, you know, combination of art and storytelling um it, it's wonderful i totally I agree yeah the the last two issues are the best it makes up for some of the unfortunate silliness of the earlier issues hawking's uh, not silly what are you talking about what robo the, bears aren't silly what are you the, talking the riverdale about riverdale of it all come on what are you talking about um but yeah so that is going to do it for this week before we get into next week uh malcolm we've got some arrows in our quiver so what time is it I've got another arrow in my quiver for me to read. That's all I had. Oh, I thought you were going to go for it. Right before we got on mic, Malcolm was just like regaling me with how obsessed he is with Best of You by Foo Fighters. I, I don't know why. It's been stuck it's, in my head and for this is like the strangest 24 thing. hours. Malcolm is not a Foo Fighters fan. I don't like Foo Fighters. I don't I understand like that it. song. He is the <laughs> Foo we're fighting. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I guess I want to resist. Fucking rules. I'm no fool. Everyone's got their chains to break. Holding, Holding you. Will you want to resist? Or be abused? It's all my taking the best, the best, the best of you. Um, down, 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 as we picture them rolling down the tunnel with the water like oh, filling up the tunnel that's behind them. Like, ah! as they're going the shards yeah. and shit behind them oh yeah oh yeah i'm gonna think oh of, yeah i'm gonna think of foo fighters and i'm gonna think of john cena when i think of green arrow from marijuana <laughs> and i love that shit you know the and best Boston. thing is i realized <laughs> You know where John Cena is from? Is he from Boston? Newberry, Massachusetts, man. Holy shit. Holy shit. It's meant shit. to be. Here's the thing. He's way too big to be fucking Green Arrow, though. He's he's way too big. I don't he's, know. He's I don't a big know. Boy. He's a big boy. He's been eating those beans. He's a big boy, you know? But I, I, I also know. picture, like, Broderick's making his, uh, making his little villain speech. Like, he's like, no one will ever beat me. No one's here. And then you hear... As they come <laughs> flying out of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Listen, but but on the other hand, if JJ Abrams directed this movie, uh Sabotage would be playing uh throughout that entire last Can't season. stand it. I know you planned it. <laughs> we gotta save that for another one though. When the tunnel explodes, be like, what? they're driving down like you know what i'm saying is that this comic lends itself to a lot of musicality it's very cinematic and, it and lends i love itself it to i love it so much yeah it's beautiful um great book so if you would like to be part of the, we did a big 
Big sidestep for that. Yeah, big if you would like there. to be part of the Geeksplain <laughs> Book Club mailbag, send your emails to geeksplain at gmail.com. Put uh, something with quiver in the subject hever and yeah. hever, and we will read it here <laughs> on the Friday show. Our first email comes from good brother Dylan Hall. Dylan. In the hall. Uh, love you, Jacob. Uh, hello, hello, Geeksplain love Book Club. You. Ollie time is here at last, and I must say I have loved the first two apps. I want that Ollie video game so, so bad. I love the recent Tomb Raider games, so doing that game again, but with boxing glove arrows, sounds amazing. Yeah. Also, his uh, his uh, subject header read "quivering with Antissa." Patient. <laughs> <laughs> which he put in here. Uh, he Hell put the yeah. patient halfway love through that. the email, which I love. Love um, that. That's amazing. Dylan Great is just joke. a genius. Great job. Uh, Dylan writes, you can add me to the list of listeners who have now read Do a Powerbomb. Yes, bitch. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. series is wild. I'd started it in singles, fell behind, and bought the trade months ago. But after everyone on this show kept talking about it, I finally finished it. No artist I've ever seen draws action as kinetic as Daniel Warren Johnson. His drawings feel like animation, if that makes sense, in terms of fluidity of motion. I'm also so glad no one spoiled the ending of issue 6 going into issue 7. It's so important. It's so important. Yeah. That that elevated this book from good to instant classic. The last time I experienced this feeling was probably while reading Bolero by Wyatt Kennedy and Luciano Vecchio. Lucio Vecchio? Anyway, uh, highly yeah. recommend, by the way, both it and Do a Power Bomb I probably burned through in less time than most movies. So compelling. My yeah, question Dylan, for you this... Bolero before, and I keep meaning to check that out. He, yes, he, yes, he has. mentioned that before a couple times. We'll read it at some point. Read that. Yeah. Uh, my question for you this week is what writer and artist hybrid combo mutants cartoonists question mark in comics do you think are on your mount rushmore for me it's probably daniel warren johnson darwin cook chip zadarsky and a fourth person i haven't narrowed down lastly my friend is getting pages back from his artist for his first comic i have attached them to this email they are stunning i also wanted to ask if you would consider interviewing him when his book is closer to launch he has tons of helpful stories about things like getting a pen name legally finding an artist editors and publisher that other comic fans slash upcoming creators would find helpful he blew my mind after telling me will Dennis himself gave him notes on his script, and now they chat regularly. Or maybe that's normal Sick. in comics. Maybe everyone who is nice to comics pros gets to talk sports or play cricket with them later on. Who knows? Laugh hard, shoot arrows, eat the rich, Dylan. Hell yeah. Love that. Love that. I'm going to go ahead and share screen with Malcolm so he can Please, see yeah. I'd love to pages, see which look gorgeous. Ooh, holy shit. A little bit of script there. The inking on that is incredible. The inking wow. is fantastic. And this one is a prot like a a proof oh, shot. Oh, like a proof. Yeah. Wow. It it has a very Sammy wow. quality to it in the proofs. Yeah. Um, and then it warps into closer to like a like a Steve Epting a almost. Realist. Yeah. Uh, Epting is a very good call. Yeah, that is really very good. Really That's good stuff. Gorgeous. Congrats. Yeah, that Congrats is that friend. is That's fantastic. Sick. Holy shit. And it's funny, you're not the first person to ask us about having some some indie creators. And, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. I also have one that would like to be on the show. We've, we, we, we've, we've, we're, we're, we're building a team. So uh, stay tuned for that, yeah. perhaps. Um, as far as cartoonists or, you know. Yes, writer, I'm Mount Rushmore. Writer, artist, 
uh, people who would be on Mount Rushmore. Uh, you named at least one of mine, if not two of mine. Darwin Cook is the Darwin first Cook one that came to mind. Has Absolutely. to be. He's has the goat. To has to be. Um, I could put Chip Zdarsky on mine. I could definitely see that. I don't think I could, he's known could, as well for his art as he is for his writing. But God, do I love Which is his a shame. Art. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I wish he did more of it. I, I could put him on there. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I want to wait definitely before on there I, for me as well. I yeah. want to wait before I commit to putting DWJ on there. Really? I, 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 I want to wait. I don't know why, but I do want to wait. That is so fascinating to me. He's he's earned it for me. Like I can't not put him on there. But I understand. But I'm also having trouble thinking of anybody else. I mean, you know, I, I guess technically I'd have to put like Bendis, but Bendis isn't known for his art. No, not really. <laughs> but like at all. But but I'd have to put Bendis on. No one, you know a writer who is very much known for his art? Who? Tom King. <laughs> you're funny it's That's not good art but he's known Stop for it, it. Stop. his stick figures i put him on there um shit i'm having a really hard time thinking of who would be on there yeah i mean i guess you could say frank miller but mm, i thought about him but i yeah. wouldn't want to put him on i don't know if i'd put him on there either yeah i i don't think i can because even like even like in stuff that I think is good, Frank Miller, you know, I it, it's not him drawing it. <laughs> it's that's a else good point. You know, I, I think my favorite Frank Miller is still like year one, and that's Mazzucchelli drawing that. So I wouldn't put him on there. Um, I guess technically like Jamie McKelvey, you know, but he, he's like a co-writer. Ah, I don't know. I can't think of it. Ah. Oh, 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 Patrick Gleason. Yes. Patrick Gleason is written and drawn. And I think he's more known for his art, but he's also very capable at writing. Patrick Gleason could go on mine. That'd be a good shot. I think that is a phenomenal poll. You know what? Honestly, actually, as well, um, and I don't I don't always love his art, um, but Brian Hitch. Yeah. Yeah. Brian yeah, Hitch Brian does a Hitch great is a job. Good shout. Good shout. Um, but I think Sean for me, definitely on the list is the, I mean, it, it's got to be Darwin, for me, is Darwin Cook and DWJ. Yeah. Just because they are so phenomenal at what they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, that is a very good question. That's a really good question. Um, so yeah, thank you for that question. It's wonderful. Yeah, I nice. do want to give a quick shout to uh to Ben Delacruz who writes our next email ben. Um, with straight out of the quiver. He nice. wrote three separate emails. Whoa, because the first email referenced, Hey, Ultimate Universe is coming out this week. The second email said, Just kidding, it doesn't come out this week. And then the third and final one, third time's the charm. It did come out this week. It did so, come out this week, yeah. Did you ben, I appreciate your commitment to the bit. 
Uh, ben writes, hello, Geek Explained Book Club. Call me Oliver Queen because I'm failing upwards with these letters. I sent two emails, but both <laughs> had some light errors in them, so please ignore them. Anyways, I hope you guys are, are doing all right, and I'm wishing Jacob the best in his career. In my first email, I said Ultimate Universe was coming out, and in my second, I thought I was mistaken. But here I am saying that I got it this week, so you could say that my mailbag errors came full... Oh, 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 stick your hand in dog shit. Oh, 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 yes. Oh, got him. Ben, Ben, that was incredible. Got him. I cannot believe what the fuck you keep making me do. I hate you guys. <laughs> He writes, I know, Eric, you will fight me on the moon. I'll be ready with my robot doubles. That'll help me trick you into thinking I've murdered people. Nice. Uh, which is a very specific reference, and I appreciate very that. Very specific. Nice. Uh, I'm so hyped to see how Earth 6160 pans out, especially Thor, since 1610's Thor's my favorite OG ultimate, and I'm hoping that his 6160 self lives up to him. No question this week, but my obscure Elseworld recommendation this week is Green Lantern Evil's Might which involves political cartoonist Kyle Rayner gaining a GL ring and fighting the corruption of Tammany Hall NYC. As an apology for referencing Eric's least favorite shape, just look up the cover for the story and I'll promise you'll love it. Best wishes, Ben. I actually do know this one. Yeah, because I, I, because I am that. a Kyle Rayner mark. I love that. I love that story. If you are a Kyle Rayner fan, go read that shit. It is so, yeah. so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, oh, next man. up comes from good brother Jacob Goodhearts. Wait, wait, did you did you read Ultimate Universe yet? I haven't yet. It's literally it's the last because I always save my biggest reads for the bottom okay. of my pull list, and it's okay. literally the next it. one up. You let me know when you read it. I read it this morning, like well, when I got home from work very early in the morning. Uh, it was great. I'm excited. Great start. Um, so Jacob writes, Dear Geek Explain Podcast, sad to hear that Jacob won't be joining us for the remainder of the season on the book club, but there's next season to look forward to. Absolutely. You will be getting yeah. more of Jacob Brown, famous guy slide actor, world famous yeah. in 2020. World famous. Uh, speaking of looking forward to things, I'm super excited that this week peak superhero fiction returns with Invincible Season 2. Woo! I have friends of my new work. I started here back in April and haven't mentioned it yet. I love it. Who have seen the show and it's so fascinating listening to their theories since they haven't read the books. Ah, that's, that's fun. fun. That's, that's fun. fun. Uh, we also learned that Ultimate Spider-Man was made spe specifically for me because it's going to be about a middle-aged Peter Parker who's married to MJ with two kids becoming Spider-Man. Look, hey, I know welcome. you guys like the current run, God knows why, but I cannot stress enough how much this means to me. Ever since One More Day, the amazing title has gotten worse. Slot's era was decent to me, but the self-sabotaging nature of his Peter didn't jive with me, and him constantly teasing Peter and MJ getting back together only to never do it just felt like he was mocking me personally. I understand that. I disagree. I I don't understand that. I'll be honest. It's, you know, different strokes for different folks. But Jacob writes, and like you said, we owe a lot of the new games to Slot's ideas, which is true. Uh, and personally, I think Dan has some good ideas, but the execution can be peaks and valleys. And personally, the story of how he got into the Marvel into Marvel Comics kind of upsets me, and I think he does love Peter Parker, but early days Peter Parker specifically. It's why I think Learning to Crawl is his best story. That is a very good story. Mm, real good. Uh, but enough about Spider-Man. Let's talk about a hero whose blonde love interest is actually in... Mm. 
Let's talk about a hero whose blonde love interest is actually interesting and deserves to have her own book. Eric, I know I'm sorry. I know that's mean, but the setup was there and I couldn't ignore it. Jacob. Savage. Damn, you're getting beaten up tonight. I'm getting, I'm getting. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Damn. This is. God damn. Call me Emiko Queen because I'm getting wound up right now. Getting uh, wound. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, it's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> I'm king of the world at 15 years old. Uh, Jacob writes, this part of the rebirth run is interesting. It feels like it's kind of doing a, an homage to GA year one while also continuing the narrative of the run, which is cool. But at the same time, what are the odds that Oliver Queen washes up on another island that has a thriving poppy plantation located inside a desolate volcano with native people being forced to work on them? That is the only difference. Is, I mean, the biggest difference is that these people aren't being forced to work on this. Yeah. yeah that is, is the big difference here. This is just genuinely their livelihood. Yeah. Um, you're right. I love Ben Percy, but this is like Force Awakens level of member berries. It's not quite that, but almost. The time, <laughs> this time he's got better company with Diggle and Dinah Lance, who I would love to walk on the beach with any day of the week. Also wouldn't mind getting a bear hug from a bear like Diggle. Don't know why, but that sounds nice. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, the idea of a Trans-Pacific train line that's at the bottom of the sea, I had to actually look it up to make sure it wasn't a real thing. That scratches a particularly creative itch in my brain. It's grounded sci-fi that maybe we could actually achieve. Like the space elevator or synthetic organs. And I yeah, think that's one of Percy's yeah and i think that's one of percy's biggest strengths he's able to just balance that line between the outlandish and the realistic you actually decided to pick up and i actually decided to pick up an audiobook of his the ninth metal also at least a black canary riding a harley down a subway tunnel that's being flooded with sharks chasing her which you know dope as fuck uh it's actually a wayne motorcycle so just 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 make sure you get that branding correctly or else we will send that cease and desist uh, for my question this week, with Halloween approaching, or in the rear view at this point, I wanted to ask what are some of your favorite stories to read, watch, or just experience this time of year? Personally, I watch or read some of The Walking Dead. I hopped on the third season of the show, went back and found the first two on DVD, and showed my brother and parents the pilot episode. It quickly became our weekly ritual to watch the show every night until uh, Redacted died. Uh, don't want to spoil uh, that for anybody who hasn't watched it. Uh, that I was where we all stopped. I get it. I love Kirkman I as a writer, but the man has a track record of getting me to a point where I consider quitting the story. Hell, Invincible almost got me twice with uh, issue 110 and the end of the reboot area with uh, Redacted. Those wrecked mm-hmm. me to the point that nothing has hurt me like that since. Happy Halloween, Jacob Goodhart. Uh, P.S. I decided to start my next big comic endeavor and read through all of Chris Claremont's X-Men run. The only stuff I've read by Claremont about X-Men are ironically his Wolverine work with the miniseries with him and Frank Miller and the Madripoor Knights. It's going to take me a while to go through, but I'm excited to read something like this. Great pick. That is awesome. I am awesome. very excited for you. Make sure you go back and reread the Wolverine miniseries yes. uh, when you get to that point in the story because it's even more rewarding. That is very true. Um, I already mentioned it before. Over the Garden Wall is my yearly Halloween fall uh, thing I revisit. What about you, Malcolm? Um, I don't really have anything that I revisit. I just kind of like to, you know, I guess, like, watch some some scary stuff. Some some scary movies. Some scary uh, stuff. We watched a couple scary movies this year. Uh, I don't remember. What, oh, God. We watched... Because my partner really, well, I'm going to shame her right now. Uh, <laughs> she's going to listen to this. She's going to be mad. Um, she really wanted to watch The Unholy. Have you seen The Unholy or heard about The Unholy? No. It's this Jeffrey Dean Morgan movie from like a year and a half ago. Uh, 
this woman, he's, he's like a washed up like journalist and he goes to this small town where this woman who was, uh, was she, uh, just mute. I think she was just mute. Um, starts to be able to speak and perform miracles. Uh, but there's a horror twist to it. Uh, it was bad. It was an absolute dog shit movie. It was what? so terrible. Wow. Um, so we watched that <laughs> this Halloween season. And it sounds uh, like you loved it. Then we loved it. Uh, we also watched Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, um, is Matt has the movie? Yes. Does he say it's just a theory? He does say something about. He theory. does. Yes. Excellent. Yes, that is. There that was. Is really once upon a time, I was a big uh, game theory fan, and uh, I'm no longer. But that's fair. Five Nights at Freddy and Matt Pat does scratch a very specific itch in my late 2000s brain. Yeah, valid, valid. I get it. Uh, um, so the next email yeah. comes from Rafael Aguilera, whose subject header reads "Birds of a Quiver." I love that. Ooh, flock to giver. Uh, <laughs> Stupid. Uh, hey there, Aerofam. <laughs> Rafa Aguilera. <laughs> he is dripping sweat. Uh, Rafa writes, after a damn good Rebirth Flash reread, I can say this is the first time I'll read a book I haven't read before with the book club. Hey! Hey! Hell yeah. Love that. I was always interested in GA because of the show and the art I saw for this Rebirth run really called to me. But upon finding out about Redacted some months ago, I was disillusioned and decided I just wouldn't bother. But you guys changed my mind with the announcement of this book club season. Which I totally get. I totally get. But thankfully, oh, we've I got artists. Realized, okay. Yeah, yes. we've got artists like Juan Ferreira and Stephen Byrne on this book, and we're gonna yeah. be gonna be getting more artists. Just who? Like. Yeah, baby. Uh, I and I am so very thankful for that. I enjoyed year one, and just like you guys, I thought the story just screamed video game potential. I am still incredibly attached to the CW show's five-year origin, even if he doesn't spend the entire time on the island. But Volume 1 fully hooked me. The art from Ferreira absolutely floored me, and I'm a little saddened that he isn't the main artist as I vastly prefer it. To be honest with you, at this point, with the issue count, Ferreira is the main artist. He's the one that's, I think, illustrated the most issues out of it so far. Yeah. So, uh... He's the goat! He's the goat! The goat! Uh, and I was delighted to see him again on Empire Express, my favorite story of the three on Volume 2. I can't wait to read more. I know my past two emails have been story pitches, and while I don't feel it necessary to write in if I don't have one at hand, I didn't want to be known as the pitch guy. However, I can't help myself, and I do have a pitch in the works for next week. Hey! Uh, for this week, though, I have a question. Which Marvel what-if, be it comic or MCU stories, would you like to see in the future? My first story would be, what if Sister Maggie became Daredevil? Ooh! And have a badass ninja nun fighting both the Hell's Kitchen underworld and its connection Holy to the church. shit! That's a dope idea. And my That's second would be, idea. what if Captain America created the Invaders for the animated show, which would feature Bucky as Cap as well as a version of MCU Namor, Human Torch, and finally pay off that Easter egg in the first Avenger, Spitfire and Union Jack for New Blood, and the Black Panther of World War II versus Master Man and Warrior Woman, as to not just redo First Avenger like Captain Carter's episode. Anyway, once again, thank you for giving me the push to start reading GA. Keep up the great work, Rafa Aguilera. Hell yeah, Rafa. Rafa, those are great pitches. Those Hell are yeah. awesome. Um, I think... Hmm. That is a tough one. That is a tough one. Yeah. 
You know what? I would just for the story potential for the MCU, I would say, what if Tony didn't become Iron Man? What if he died in the desert? Ooh. What happens what if, then? What because if he didn't that build in the cave with a box of scraps? What if he wasn't able to build? What if he didn't meet up with Yinsen? What if he just wasn't there? Like how much that would change because the MCU is so Robert Downey Jr. centric? Yeah. Yeah. I would be curious. That's interesting. I would be curious. Um, hmm. What would be a good like MCU what if? That's hard. Yeah. Uh what if Far From Home was good? <laughs> That's so funny. I was just gonna say, what if Moon Knight was good? <laughs> That's so funny. I was literally gonna say, what if Moon Knight was good? <laughs> Um, there's certain things about Moon Knight that are good. Well, there's certain things about Far From Home that are good. Disagree. That Mysterio uh, performance is good. It is good. It is good. I mean, the fucking reveal. The was that so hard? Like, that so it's hard? so it's uh, so satisfying. But, it's, but that's all Jill Hall. <laughs> that's all Jill and Hall. He's so good in it. That's the thing. Fucking love everything Gyllenhaal. else is like whatever. But... God, he's so good at this. Uh, oh, you know what? Actually, jumping off of yours, uh, what if No Way Home was good? Because that movie's bad. Yo, stop it. That movie is bad. It's a piece of shit. It's only bad for the first half of it. No, that it's really bad good. for the entirety because it's not no. a movie. It's just a series of YouTube clips. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but also there are good <laughs> yeah, that's not in a there. movie. <laughs> like it has like three really good performance, four really good performances, and then otherwise that's it. And then also Tom Holland is there, but and then Tom Holland is literally <laughs> there. <laughs> no, he's, the other he's, two Spider Men are much better, and then Molina and God bless Baby Defoe. Mm. Baby Defoe. Baby Defoe. Uh. Though I I will always give it up to Jamie Fox for just completely reinventing his character and being like, man, I thought you were black. I will it, always I laugh mean, at that line. That line does kill. That that does kill. That's pretty good. And Andrew just being like, I'm sorry, I'm man. Sorry. <laughs> like, that is really funny. It's so good. Um, our next email comes from Adam Stringfellow. Adam. With his uh, his subject header being loading the quiver. What up, Arrow fam? Hope y'all are doing well and having a good week so far. Also, please tell Jacob I said hi, and I hope he's doing well also. I started playing Spider-Man 2 this past weekend, and holy shit! This game is absolute perfection, and so far in terms of quality, writing, and characters, this is the last of us for superhero video games. I'm not far into the game yet. I think I'm nearing the end of Act 1 and nowhere near getting the symbiote suit yet, but already this tops the last game for me. All I need for them is to make a Daredevil DLC for an add-on, and this will dethrone the Arkham series for me. Oh, Do you hear the so the scuttlebutt yeah, about that? The gossip about that, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. That is interesting. For my question I'm this week, Shadowland, man. Oh fuck! I'm thinking that's what that means. Fuck. Uh, what are your favorite? I think it's him moving to San Francisco. Um, That'd be cool. That's just me. Uh, what are your favorite versions of Green Arrow and Black Canary outside of comics and other media? For Green Arrow, I have to go with the one from Justice League Unlimited. He was my introduction to the character, and almost immediately I was on board with him as a kid. One of the things that I like about this version is just how likable he is. He comes in somewhat late to the league's career, but just how easygoing and friendly he is, even with Bruce, and being in a first-name basis with the founders, you'd swear to God he'd been there since the league's formation. In my mind, this version of Ollie is the unofficial eighth founding member of the league. For Black Canary, I have to go with the... 
one from Young Justice. I love the fact that she's forward and bold like her comic book counterpart, but what I especially love is how in her civilian life she's a professional therapist. I'm yes. a big advocate for mental health, especially in comics, and I think Dinah being a therapist works for her. I love it when superheroes have civilian careers that are not only attainable, but noble in their own right that inspire others to pursue those careers. Whether it be Dinah as a therapist slash counselor, Peter as a teacher, Matt as a public defense attorney, or Clark and Lois as journalists. Overall, this version of Dinah I'd kill to not just have as my own therapist, but as a friend as well. And that's a compliment I give out lightly. Maybe it's a compliment he doesn't give out lightly. Uh, also, I love Ooh. that they ditched the wig for her and just made her a natural blonde. It's way better that way. But anyway, these are my personal favorite versions of these two, and I would love to hear yours. Take care, team. Stay safe and well. Love y'all much and catch y'all next week. All the best and much more. Adam. P.S. Eric, congrats on your horror movie you were talking about. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Yes. Is there a way where folks who aren't in California would be able to watch it? Um, stay tuned. Stay tuned on that. Okay. That is, that is I was going to ask about that actually off the air. So that's um, great to know. I, I am not in the decision making process on that, but once I hear about it, I will let you all know for sure. Please. It looks great. Uh, it I'm I'm super proud of it. And as we're recording this, we have our premiere tonight. tonight yesterday, right? as yeah. we were listening to this listener. Um but yeah, Malcolm, what's your what's your favorite? Um I, I do truly love Green Arrow on Justice League Unlimited. I think he's wonderful. Um, I I think he just... It, it's it's such a perfect classic version of Green Arrow and that he, like, sticks to the... You know, the Justice League is kind of fascist. Uh, they're kind of they're not cool. Uh, so I, I do love that. Um, as far as... And, I mean, this is removing, you know, Arrowverse stuff because I think... I think that there's something to both of those versions as well. Um, favorite Black Canary is hard. Uh, but honestly, I think my favorite Black Canary might be Sarah Lance. That's funny. Because, I mean, I think she kind of rules. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think she kind of rules. She's super fun. Uh, she, you know, has got the cool attitude stuff. She's... Just a good performance, just overall. Uh, you know, sure they made her white canary, and that's whatever. But yeah, I think she might that be is my a favorite choice. canary. Yeah, that is a choice. Um, shit, but are they really my favorite? I guess they have to be. I guess they have to be. I can't think of anybody else that I like more. Oh, you know what, Justin Hartley on Smallville. I truly Great love pick. that performance. Great pick. I think he was incredible as Green Arrow. Um. Except he was literally just Batman light. Except he was literally just Batman light. Yeah. Because they he couldn't get like the rights team, to him. He was almost like teen Batman. You know, it was almost like if Batman was just like young, a little younger or just like slightly older than, uh, than, than Clark. Yeah. Um, but he was this just is like super year fun. one or year two Batman. Yeah. He was just such a good time on that show. And Justin uh, Hartley is just incredible. Uh, a, a heartthrob. Heart, a Hartley throb. Hartley throb. I wish he had a bigger career. I know he was on This Is Us. He's great on This Is like NBC show, but like I wish he had a bigger career because uh, well, I think he's a good actor. Would have really taken off if he'd played Aquaman like he was supposed to. Cool. AC, um, baby. Uh, so final answer for you? Uh, final answer, yeah. I guess it's got to be uh, shit, JLU, Green Arrow, and Sarah Lance. I feel that. I feel that. You? Those are great picks. Uh, JLU, Green Arrow, I think, is the perfect distillation of who that character is. Yeah. But 
both my favorite Green Arrow and Black Canary come from the same adaptation. Kids, there was once a cartoon called Batman Brave and the Bold in which Green Arrow <laughs> and Black Canary were fucking incredible. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I love them in this show because Green you're Arrow right. is constantly pining after Black Canary, who is not interested, and yeah. the two of them are great. Green Arrow pops up multiple times, teaming up with Batman, is constantly uh, chided for basically being Batman light, and he's yeah. always got so he's he's got a very Krillin energy about him. He's always got something he, to prove. That's exactly it. He's very Krillin. He's that's very why Krillin I don't love coded. that version of Green Arrow. I love that version of Green <laughs> Arrow because I'm like, that's a Green Arrow that I can see myself in. He is like a sidekick, bro. <laughs> it's so fun. He's and then Black Canary is the baddest of asses. Black uh, Canary's she, awesome on that. Yeah. I mean, look at her episodes, the Birds of Prey episode, where she is actually canonically a Birds of Prey member in adaptations. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it's so hard for people um, yeah but i also as a as an honorable mention uh journey smollett's black canary fuck fuck you're right hell shit. yeah shit i am all about her i she am rules. all about her she rules she is the best i i know with the resets and whatnot she probably won't but i would love to see her come back yeah i wish that we were going to get that movie maybe from a different me creator. too me too but, uh but great um, question yeah. great question, great question. thanks for writing in um our final email comes from mullet overlord mullet. who writes whose uh subject header is quivering for justice Ooh. uh mullet overlord Love writes that. dear emerald enforcers i've done it i figured out the best version of live action green arrow to show after watching a considerable amount of Adam West and Burt Ward to Batman this last week, I realized that Ollie and Roy would be served perfectly by that style of set design and extreme earnestness. Yes. A Green Arrow 66 style show with him and Roy. Whoa. Imagine how good I the Emerald that. Archer and Speedy would look shooting trick arrows on those bright Technicolor sets where everything is clearly labeled. Instead of Bruce giving dick lectures about how his studies are needed to become an upright citizen, you would have Ollie monologuing to Roy about how corporate interests and government purposefully work to keep education and power in the prison industry fed. All uh, while wearing the silly, his silly little hat and domino mask and leaning on a bright green longbow. The major difference would, of course, be that the show would alternate between episodes where Ollie, Roy, and sometimes Dinah go up against silly Silver Age villains like Clock King, whose schemes are almost more convoluted prank than crime, and corrupt city officials. Oh, uh, and episodes where the Arrow fam take down drug rings, human traffickers, and corrupt city officials. It is imperative that our adventurous archers do... Adventurous archers, yes. Ooh. Do not change their tones or tactics while fighting the more realistic villains, and that the boxing glove arrow is followed by a POW title card, regardless of whether it hits Count Vertigo, an assistant DA, or Whitey Bulger himself. Yes, <laughs> Whitey Bulger, because of course this show will take place in pre- Crisis Star City MA, which will of course be a heightened version of 70s, 80s Boston. Hell we can yeah. even straight up keep Chief O'Hara from the Adam West show. After all, what says Boston more than a largely incompetent Irish cop? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for better or worse, this also means that the Dropkick Murphys will be writing in 
performing the show's theme song. It's actually in every contract the state gives TV shows that film here, which is slightly unfortunate because I personally think Archers by the Ballroom Thieves, also a local group, might be the best Ooh. Green Arrow song. Oh, and best part, the absolute best part is we just get Ben Affleck and Duncan to pay for the whole thing. Hey. No, we can't ask the Wahlbergs for money because there will be an episode where the boys confront a group of teens who are perpetrating hate crime. <laughs> oh god boston oh. <laughs> sorry for the really long and rambly email this week lads they had me on this on the frame saw all day today and my brain is in a weird place and hey shout out to the penguin for cleaning up his act and going to coach one of the greatest boxers this side of ted grant proud of him what would you what would use guys idea ideal what would use guys ideal green arrow show be exhaustedly mullet overlord Fuck, that's so awesome. This is a fucking million dollar idea. That's a million dollar idea. Can you imagine how good that would be? Holy shit. Like, especially made today. Holy shit. Like, give them that shoestring budget where they have to correctly label everything, do the bright sets. Like, Whoa. that would be amazing. That would be incredible. God damn, that would I am so, so into hard. this fucking idea. That would rule so hard. Holy shit. Holy like you, you want to talk about what my ideal Green Arrow show is? Fucking that! Fuck. Like holy I, shit! I could dude. never even think of something that awesome. That's awesome. It sounds amazing. God so damn. you know what? I'm going to sidestep your question, Mullet Overlord, and I'm going to put the question out for you and I: Who would we cast as the big three? <sighs> Dinah, for, Ollie, and Roy for a Green Arrow '66 show. A Green Arrow '66 show. And it can be, I, I would, let's just go with actors today who we think could earnestly do those characters with that kind of delivery. Because it's a very specific acting style. It is. Hmm. That's hard. Um. Okay, well... Uh, a, thing, a, thing, a thing that I would want to do Yes. With that, to tweak on that. Okay. Uh, you know, having that Green Arrow's been around for a little while and that this isn't his first speedy, you know, oh. that, this is, that this is Mia. Oh, interesting. I would want to have it be Mia, so that way we could have you get show straight up to Arsenal. Arsenal at some point. Yeah. Okay. Have Arsenal show up at some point and be the kind of like fish out of what, like he's the serious one that doesn't fit in the tone of the show. I think that'd be really fun. I think <laughs> like, that, and he's the one that keeps leading them into those serious situations. Yeah, I think that would be really fun. He's I think like that's the interesting. I, I would actually love them to see season one be with him and Roy, and then season two is a time skip. Okay, see that's that's fair. That's fair. I'd I'd want to like save that stuff for like flashbacks, maybe. You know. You know what? That's fair. Weird that's 66 a good point. flashbacks would be pretty fun. That's a good point. Um but yeah, I'd I I think Mia would fit that dynamic really fun. Uh you know, Mia looks up to Canary more than she does Ollie. That'd be a right. fun time, you know. That you know what? I I dig that idea a lot for sure. Uh so for for Mia, I mean you'd have to go you know who would be really good? Um What's her name? Olivia Holt, I think is her name. She played Dagger on Cloak and Dagger. And she was Ooh. really fucking fantastic. Okay. Um, I think she's I think she's got I think she's got juice. I think she'd be pretty fun in that kind of for it. you know silliness. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty uh, I think that'd be a good time. Um 
damn it's it's tough because you have to be able to strike that balance yeah i mean listen absolute pie in this oh wait who who are you gonna say no no no, go ahead absolute pie in the sky if i can get anybody anybody whatsoever you get a charlie's throne to be black canary because we know that she can do fun goofy shit like that the only thing i would say development her like yes hilarious the only thing I would say is we'd probably want to keep them in like their thirties. She looks like she's in her thirties. I know she is. But... She's in her forties, but she looks like she's in her thirties. I mean, but we could also use her for a different for different characters. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I I don't know. I'm having a real hard time. Casting but you know, that. an actor in his thirties who I think it. could really actually sell Green Arrow in a '66 style, Eric and Islam? I never would have thought this. Even ten years ago, Ryan Gosling. I, you know what? Yeah, he's not in his thirties. He's in his forties. Is he in his forties? He absolutely has to be in his forties. Fuck it, they're in their forties. Because think, the we'll bring in Charlie's Throne years ago, so he was not like fine. Char- Charlie's Throne and uh, and Ryan Gosling. And Ryan Gosling. I dig that idea a lot. Fuck me, that'd be great. Just, just absolutely, just give him his can energy. Oh shit! Wait a his second. Energy. If Wait a second. That's it. Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie. <laughs> Holy shit. We've done it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> We've done it. I That's love it. that idea. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love that idea to death. There you go. You done. know what? Get the get the kid from Barbie too. Uh which kid? Was it? Ariana Greenblatt or whatever. Who was in Barbie and then also played young redacted on redacted? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That far, I don't know if you got that far. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like that idea a lot. Actually, Fuck. that would that would crush. No, though, <laughs> though, you know who also I think would be a good fit for the Mia role. Um, Jenna Ortega, I think, could be really fun. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I always want to shy away from using. I I thought that name, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to use her. She's. I understand she's everywhere right now, but I like. That I kid. think I think she's it would everywhere. be really fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, so there you go. I love. I kind of love that idea. Shit, that'd be fun as hell. I really do, and to see, <laughs> I mean, to see Margot Robbie jump from Harley Quinn to Black Canary would be very interesting. The ultimate glow up. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. You, you know what? You're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, though I, you know, thinking about it, there are there are a couple different directions you could go with that. But I I like where we're at there. Oh, um, what a fun show that would be. What a fun fucking show that would be. Bro, I like a good pick. It, <laughs> a good green arrow it just makes me like again like 10 15 years ago i would be like oh fucking ryan gosling fucking whatever but he has grown so much did you watch the fall guy trailer no that came out today yeah i was watching the toilet before i hopped on yeah it's it's just him being fun yeah him being fun snarky all right I'm here for it. You could honestly have him with the same energy that he did with um what was it? Uh not nice guys. 
Yeah, nice guys. Nice guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice guys. Yeah, yeah. You, so yeah. like, yeah, like him. Yeah, that's maybe my favorite role that he's ever. That's. Got. I mean, that's the best Gosling that we've. He's had, incredible. For sure. Wait a sec. And he does have the facial hair. Yeah. In nice guys. Yeah, that's the thing. That's yeah. it. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. I He's love. He's been rocking it. that facial hair a lot. I think he yes. can do it. Yeah, I I love this idea. I'm so into this. Yeah, that kind of rules. Uh, so I I I actually just want to go like sketch it. Like I'm I'm like inspired by you this. You should. You should. Um, James Gunn. Fucking do ooh, that. Ooh, he he would too. He would be like, let's do a throwback with that. Do that. And let's make that happen. Give me that Max miniseries, I guess. Though. I mean, thinking about it too. Speaking of James Gunn projects, Elizabeth Debicki would be an interesting Black Canary choice. I'm going to say something very controversial. Oh no, Malcolm! Very controversial. I love. I love Debicki. I think she's too tall to be Black Canary. Fuck off! I'm just throwing it out there. I love I love Debicki. You don't understand. I love Debicki. <laughs> I Same. love a tall queen. Same. I think she's too tall to be Black Canary. Gah. Ah. I That's disagree. The That's but... the thing. Especially because I feel like Gosling's actually kind of little. I don't know that for a fact, but I feel like he's got to be like normal person height. He's not like movie star height, right? Let me look that up. Ryan Gosling height. I'm I mean, going to say he's. Foot. I'm, oh really? Okay, I was gonna say I was, yeah. I was he's six maybe foot, like so five, Elizabeth Debicki is only three inches taller than him, which oh I think God. is a good dynamic. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> I, you're telling me, my friend. You're telling me. Oh, Sitting at five five go. over here, <laughs> and that hypothetical uh, New Gods film where I play Mister Miracle. That's oh, my Barda. She'd be a great Barda. Yeah, muscle her up a little bit. Yeah, she'd be a great Barda. Woof. Shit. Um, what were we talking about? I don't remember. Anyway, thanks for writing know. in, everybody. If you would like to be part of the Geeks Flayed Book Club mailbag, once again, send your emails to geeksflayed at gmail.com. Put something with quiver in the subject header, and we will read it here on the Friday show. And that wraps up this week. Yeah. Next week, yeah. we're going to be digging into volume three entitled Emerald Outlaw. Yeah. Love that title. Synopsis goes like this. Too. Yes, great cover. Oliver Queen has lost it all. His sister Emiko is missing. His vast family fortune has been obliterated. And the entire world believes he's dead. That's when his problems really begin. As he fights to reclaim what he's lost, Ollie continues patrolling Seattle's streets as, a, as its vigilante guardian. But soon, a rash of murders with a deadly accurate archer as the culprit puts the whole city on edge, and Oliver Queen is the prime suspect. To clear his name, Green Arrow must find the real killer as the, as the, Seattle, bleh, as the Seattle police hunt him down with extreme prejudice. With Black Canary at his side, can Ollie find his target, or will he and his reputation both end up six feet under i love these synopses man good they're good this is back when the synopses were like they put some time into these yeah i love this shit yeah. um but yeah so that's gonna be issues 12 through 17 so make sure you do your reading to join us next friday uh emerald fridays are a real thing we're i'm figuring it out uh so make like sure it. you be there or be square not a circle 
But for now, for the Geeksplain Book Club, I've been Eric Azana. I was Malcolm Russell Nelson. And for Jacob Brown, thank you so much for listening. Everybody stay safe, and we will see you next time. So, so what if it's like, what, 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 what if it's kind of like the opposite of a 66 show though? So it's like, everything is super, super, super actually serious, but green arrow is like the one thing that's like real fun. Like him himself is like the fun thing. What if it's like a weird, like uh oh Oreo on the 66, you know, (laughs) you know what? I'm okay with that, just as long as they have uh, every time he enters a scene be Wabadoo! <laughs>
You're not a you're not a lover of the fight, huh? I guess I'm not a lover of the foo. <laughs> oh shit. Maybe you're the foo. Maybe I'm refuse to fight. Oh, I'm the foo. I pity myself. Dang. <laughs> Damn. Hey, bud, how you doing? <laughs> I can't. 